How great is it to be loved by God? To be loved by God is amazing. Absolutely amazing. The love of God. Loves us who are actually unworthy to be loved, yet He still loves us. Moves on our behalf. His mercy renewed all the time for us. His grace sufficient over and over. He is strong in our weakness. Tonight's message actually is entitled His Might. His Might. And I've always told you before and desire the move of the Spirit of God and the power that we always think of as, I guess, maybe American Christians. Those healing powers and up out of wheelchair powers and all that stuff is real and true. Absolutely real and true. But there's something I even long more than that, if you can understand. It is the power to walk in the might of God. The power to walk in His Word correctly. All the way to the finish. Finish this race obeying and walking in the truth of Almighty God. And we can do it. problem is I think we attempt to do this in our own strength and we cannot do it. We cannot do it. It's His might and His might alone. Ephesians 6.10, opening text. Seriously, this is always the us football fans. This is the big night. No matter who team uh, happens to be in it, or which team or whatever team. But when you think about the love of God and what He's done for us, what he's still doing for you. It, it never even crosses my mind not to come to church. It just doesn't. It's just so inferior. I will enjoy it. I will go home and watch afterwards, have fun with some of my friends. But really, it can't. What can measure up in the world to what God has done for you and I? Just nothing. Nothing at all. Glory. Ephesians 6.10 <clears throat> Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong. Now listen. Us church people, we need to understand the Word of God. And we're going to go through this and see about His might. How His might should freely work through you. So you can accomplish and do things that when you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I can't, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't be nice. I can't be thoughtful. I can't be compassionate. I can't, I can't. God says, look, listen up. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That word strong means to, to be strong. To be endued with strength. Enabled. God will enable you. God just doesn't call you and you go get the slop kicked out of you because you can't do it. God says, I will enable you to do. I will call you and have you do that which you cannot do because I will enable you to do it. Be strong in His mind. Look at 1 Timothy 1.12. The words of Paul. These are the same words for you. You might sit there and think, well, I'm not in the ministry. I'm not a preacher. I'm, I'm not. No, if you are a born-again Christian, truly, and you love Almighty God, you are the royal priesthood. You are in this ministry. And God, in 1 Timothy 1.12, and this is what you and I should be saying, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath 
enabled me? Who hath enabled me? Now listen, we always say, I can't do that. I can't. When I, when I went around and announced uh, about the men's choir, uh, when we have, I don't know, 35 or so, they all told me the same thing. I can't sing. I didn't ask you if you could sing. I didn't ask you. I'm counting on God to enable us to, to just do something with our frog voices, our voices that don't hit the right tone, tune, whatever it's even called, and that He will enable us to praise Him and honor Him and to worship Him. God does the enabling. He truly does. And so Paul just simply said, man, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that He has counted me faithful putting me in the ministry. And that's you. That's you and I. God will enable you to do this work. Now look here, Colossians 1.10 tells us why. Why? Now look, this is needed more than anything in the American Christian Christianity. It's people who will walk true to the Word of God and stick to the Word of God and, and leave the foolishness and the silliest, silliness behind and just walk through the pure Word of God. Colossians 1.10 says, this is why He will enable us. That you might walk worthy, worthy of all the Lord unto all pleasing. Unto all pleasing. How many times in your life have you found people who've come to know Christ? And I would pray for years, Lord, uh, let my, let someone uh, go to my family and tell them about the things of Almighty God. And as I walked longer and longer in the Lord, that prayer would change. I would say, God, please send someone who really loves you, who really loves you and walks according to the Word of God. Send them to my parents or to my family or to my brother. Not just anybody because people come to Christ and then they seem to get into foolishness and silliness and dumbness and that's the last thing I want my family members to see. And so I would pray differently. And so God's in the Scripture in Colossians that we might walk Worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Not pleasing of me, what I get to do for, but pleasing to Him. What I get to do for Him, that what I do is pleasing. Even what I'm going through might be horrible and horrendous, yet I will go through it with the attitude and the consciousness of making Him pleased on how I've gone through it. That's a Christian. That's a man and woman of God. They are hard to find. These type of people. <clears throat> and it goes on and says this, that he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Listen, being fruitful. We should be fruitful. Absolutely fruitful in the things of God. It'd be the dumbest thing in the world to have an orchard of acres and acres and you get about six apples. Fruitful, constantly bearing fruit, constantly walking through things, learning from God. God prunes you back. You bring another crop even better than you did last. Fruitful. Fruitful. This is what we need to do with God. I mean, we can't do it because God will enable us to do this. Being fruitful in every good work. Listen, and increasing. Increasing in the knowledge of God. So many people will just get saved and that's it. They sit down and do nothing for God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Being stirred by the Spirit of God. Having a hunger for more of God. Wanting filled with the Spirit of God. Wanting to be holy for God. Increasing in the things of God. Not just, hey, I'm here. Put your tennis shoes on for the race and you sit down. You end up before God. 
standing before the throne with brand new Nikes on. You never run for God. There's not a smudge on them. God's going to look at your shoes and say, then what have you been doing? Because God will cause you to run through the muck in the mud. He'll call you to run through the fire. You stand before God all pristine. He's going to say, man, where have you been, doing? Where have you been sitting all your life? It's just a truth that you will walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And that walk simply means to conduct oneself. Everyday affair. Your job. You work in the factory, some of you drive trucks, some of you work in the bank, some of you school teachers, whatever it is, that's your walk. What you do. God says how you conduct yourself. And you know that the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. This is what the Word says. For we conduct oneself by faith, not sight. Your life, your surroundings. If you're married, you set up your marriage this way. Child raising, you set it up by faith in Christ. You conduct oneself this way. And we're going to accomplish this, and we can accomplish this, simply by Colossians 1.11 tells us, strengthened, you and I are strengthened, listen to this, with all might. Where's this I can't stuff? And I'm as bad as you. As soon as I'm asked to do something that's outside of my comfort zone, the words instantly come out before I think. I can't. I can't. Every year we ask for a couple to come and share during a sweetheart banquet. And <laughs> almost. But I, I went to the couple uh, just a few hours ago and, some, and, and I looked at the, the wife and said, well, I probably ruined your dinner. Because see, when you're sitting down there having that nice dinner and there's nothing on your mind, you don't got to do anything. You step out of your just laughing and eating. Well, you're thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I'm going to say this. This is how I'm going to say it. No, I don't want to say that. I don't want to do it this way. Because you're, you're believing that you've been asked to do something that you absolutely cannot do. And God says, I will enable. And that was the first thing I said. I said, no. Christ said, through me, you can do all things. All things. And these can't be just memory scriptures. They can't be just things that you nod your head to in a service like this. You've got to actually walk through them. When God tells you all of a sudden to go left and you're no longer walking high and lifted up and you're going down in a valley of some try and, uh, trial and torment that He calls you to go through for whatever reason, you got to go through it. And God will enable you to. Your life doesn't have to be ruined. Your scars don't have to be bleeding and all over the place. You don't end up divorced. The kids don't end up hating. You can walk through it because He enables you. Your own strength. Get it. The Uriah. What's going on in Egypt will go on in this house right here. Without the Spirit of God. Uprising. Exactly. God says, I will strengthen you with all might. This word might is this inherent power. Uh, Bruce just mentioned a little while ago about in Sunday school, talking about the Spirit of God being baptized in the Holy Ghost, this inherent power that's inside of us that most of us are blitzed. We don't even understand this. We don't even think about it half the time. 
when you're called to do something that you cannot do, like speak in front of a crowd or something like that, God told Paul what? The Spirit of God will put the words in you. You just speak. You just show up. God will do it. And so the Scripture says this word for might means this inherent power. It's inborn. It's built in. It's from Almighty God. When you give your life to God, whew, this stuff comes in you. The Spirit of God. This inherent power is there to help us to meet all of life's challenges. To endure and overcome all problems. That's not a microwave fix. God might let months go by if you just believe in Him by faith, but it's there. It's there. It never runs dry. It's like the barrel of meal. It's always there. You can always scoop from God. It'll always be there. His grace is sufficient. You can't walk through it without blowing your testimony, without being in another statistic. Well, they used to serve God. Now they're not here anymore. You can do it. God's enabled you. Enabled you. Man in his own army, you police officers, when you, when you join, they enable you to do that calling. They'll give you a car, they'll give you a gun, they'll give you handcuffs, they'll give you a radio. Back up, back up. They give you everything you need. They enable you. How much more will God do? Who enables us to do this calling and to walk through these, these situations and circumstances, really, that will give God the glory? As you, a mere human, weak as we are, but dust, walk through it. <clears throat> There's great words, Philippians 4.13. Look at them. This is not a memory scripture. It should be your life. And even as I look at you over 20-some years of pastoring, you guys, I know what some of you have gone through, but this scripture still is true. I know whom you have loved and buried, but the scripture still is true. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Not in yourself. I can do all things through Christ. That word through means in Christ. Not outside of Christ, not knowledge of Christ, but in Him. It means in Him. It also means by Christ. I can do all things by Christ. I can do all things through Christ and in Christ. Whatever it is. If you're called on the carpet to give God glory in some weird situation, you become a person who can witness or at an accident you can run to the scene. You can put your hands on someone dying in Christ. God said, I'll enable you. This morning we told you over and over, God can handle any situation. He made iron float. An axe head float. Float. All that logic that's in us men, that hurts. What? How? Float? Impossible. No way. Can't be. He did it. It just floated because he said so. And this natural thinking just bogs down and locks up and freezes up when we talk about this unbelievable stuff that God does. But he's God. And now he enables us to be instruments in the hand of God. An instrument. Oh, how awesome would that be? An instrument in the hands of God. I wonder if God's going to use any of the New Hope instruments tonight. Or even after church. You're just thinking, i got to drive home, i got to get milk, and go and get gas before the morning. You could end up being an instrument in the hand of God. There's something for whatever. God will enable you to do it. Strength is promised to you. Promised. Promised by God, not by me. I could say, Ed, I'll, I'll see you Tuesday. And forget all about it. 
There's one on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I bump into Ed. Where were you? To? Oh, but God's not that way. Ephesians three sixteen, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit of God. Strengthened. What do you do when you read these scriptures? We're piling them up one after another after another. How God will enable you with strength, power, and might. For what? Because you're going to need it. You're going to be in situations and circumstances. But God said, don't worry, don't panic. I'll enable you. I told someone earlier this, this morning after church, just don't panic. Because when we panic, that's when we just run. And we run right in the face of danger. Because we panic. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. God's inherent power. Inherent means built in. God says, I will strengthen you in there. In there. On the outside, everything could be going crazy, but on the inside, you're like a rock. Crowning and trusting only upon God. Isaiah 40 is an awesome Scripture. Verse 29 tells us, He gives power to the faint. To the faint. If you're standing there saying, oh, I'm alright, I don't need nothing, I don't need nothing, I don't, need, I don't have to worship God, I don't have to come. So I'll say, fine. Fine. But to us who have been illuminated by the presence of God and, and the Word of God, He says, to the faint, I will give strength. And I have no problem saying, God, I'm too weak for this. In fact, look, actually, look, I don't know what I have strength to do. What can I do on my own? What can I do without God? Someone as far from God, as far as the moon is from the sun, what can they do without God? They can't, we can't even breathe without God. And so God says, I will enable you somehow through the tricks of the enemy and our fallen nature and our human intelligence, we think we accomplish things. We really do. But it's God. All the giftings, all the talents, all the things that you have acquired of shirt on your back, tie on your it's all from God. God says, I will enable, I will take care of you. But God says He gives power to the faint. Those are the weary and fatigued. And usually you're weary and fatigued because you attempt to walk this walk, go through trials, face situations on your own without including God. Life can wear you out just in general. This winter can wear you out. I mean, some of you like the snow. It's all right, cool. But you know, about another two weeks till I tell end of February, I'm like, all right, tomorrow it's time to start floating up like a, like the accent. I've had enough of this winter. And another storm and another day. And then it says seven on the low. And you're like, I had enough. It just wears you out. Things can just wear you out mentally. God says, I'll give power to the things, those who are weary and fatigued. And to them who have no might, he increased strength. God will do that to you and I. I'm giving you the scripture many times throughout the years. And it even seems like it's as vital now as it was back then. Daniel 7.25 tells us this. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Wear you out. Now occasionally, or you, Maybe a year ago, I'd watch Fox News pretty good. 
pretty regular because I figure that's about the only ones really that you can trust. I believe they are about as fair and balanced as you can get, whether you like them or not, I don't care. Seriously. Okay? But even watching them started to wear me out. Even Rush Limbaugh, you wear me out. I mean, they might even say the right things, but never accomplish nothing. Nothing. No one ever goes, oh, you're right. It's just a constant. It's like wearing me out. And that's what it does to us. Life and stuff. And these great words and the enemy puts you in these situations and Goliath gets bigger and bigger and your God gets smaller and smaller and so it attempts to wear you out. The saints. That word wear out means to wear away or to harass constantly. Constantly. Like the ocean, the waves. Constant keeps keep coming over and over into your life. That's what the enemy wants to do. Into you. Talks in you over and over and over and over. And here lately, but the last month, before we go to bed, I'm even praying, God, put your hand over our minds and our thoughts. Even what we dream. Have some disturbing dreams bother me. God, that's not even, I don't even want that. When my mind and I'm sleeping and, and seemingly conscious wise, I'm unaware of what's going on. God, you, God, you put it around. Because the enemy will try to rob you of your sleep and your rest. Isaiah 40, verse 30 tells us, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And you see the youth, I see my grandsons, man, they bounce around and never stop. They're gone, 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 gone. They can slip on my hardwood floor, bounce off the chair, hit the coffee table, knock over a lamp, roll through the glass, get up and say, I'm all right. And I could just sneeze and have a problem for a week. Anybody that's somewhere around my age, when and how and why did that happen? It just does. But God says there's a time when even the youth, even the youth are going to faint and be weary. And as you look at our world and our life, a lot of times, the greatest asset I have outside of God, as I look out there in that world, is my age. Because I won't be here a whole lot longer like those whom I love. So God says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Utterly fall. But don't you love the Word of God? Because what's the next verse? First word. I put a big red box around it. Ah. I'm so thankful God puts those in there as he lays out and you just think, man, yes, and oh my gosh. And then God says, those that wait upon the Lord, the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But God says, if you wait upon God. That waiting upon God is awesome. That word means to bind together. It means to twist. Twist. It's like Lenny and I get together. And Alan and Lenny and I get together and we wait upon God and we cry out to God and God wraps our strength around His. It makes us stronger. <clears throat> to bind together. To twist. That word to renew means to sprout again. 
to sprout again. You might get beaten down. Some raging fire might come through your your home and your life and everything has been burned down. But God says, you'll sprout again. In me, in God. You will. You absolutely will. You can trust God. Wait and you'll renew. This is a walking according to the Word of God that God says, I will enable you to do it. And we're always nodding and praising the Lord and hallelujah as long as things are going the way we want them to go. But as soon as God calls us to go left and go down, we're like, oh no! And and sometimes we panic and run. And God says, I'm enabling you. You're going down this so I can show you that it's me that's doing it. 2 Samuel 22, 33, the first few words says, God is my strength and power. God is. Man has no power and no ability. I'm not sure this uh, this story is true, but I wouldn't put it past man. Remember the maiden voyage of the Titanic? In the last movie I watched, one guy says, man, not even God can sink this ship. And then he gets on it. It's maiden voyage. Didn't even make it across. Now, Micah says it just like you and I should. Micah 3.8. But truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. His might. His might. When you are about to walk in that meeting that God has called you to go to, or wherever you're at, and your door, hands on that doorknob, after you should say, I am full of power by the Spirit of God. And you walk in. That's what you do. That's how you work. For God. No matter where He's called you, what you have to face. That word power means strength, might, means human strength, means strength of angels, power of God, means strength of animals. <laughs> that is some strength in you. And yet if I come to you and, and uh, out of the blue or whatever, or catch you off guard or whoever you are, I'll, I'll just use one of my own for an example. Say, Ruth, will you pray for us? God said, I will enable you, enable you to do this. Walk in that by faith, trusting God. To you, you might be praying, and uh, um, and uh, Jesus, we play. I mean, pray, and uh, you could just be flubbing it all up, and yet the anointing be on it. And in our ears, we're going, "Gosh, we're just with you, praying like crazy, not even catching it." How awesome would this be for a church to walk like this in the Word of God? To trust it. All those other things that we want will happen. They'll happen even more readily if we walk like this in God. Psalm seventy-three twenty-six says this. My flesh and my heart faileth. Isn't that true? I have tried to serve God so many times in my flesh and in my heart, not meaning it to be a bad thing, but I failed. How many of you promised God you'd read three chapters a day starting January 1st? You probably flubbed that up already. Well, maybe if you're like me, you realize you don't even promise that anymore. Forget that. Because in your flesh and in your heart you fail. But there's that great word again. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But God. But those that wait upon the Lord. Definition for that word fail means to be spent. To be used up. I'm just tired of it all. But God. The scripture says. And we can wear each other out. 
But God says, I, I can do it through you and with you. But God is the strength of my heart. Walk in that. That's all that Paul could say in Ephesians. That finally, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of His power. Colossians 1.10 says that you might walk worthy. This is what those around you need to see. You are walking worthy of the call. Even when it's to your harm, walking worthy. We do the fair every year. I don't know how many. We're pushing 20 years, I think. Somewhere around there, 17, 18 years. 17, 18 years ago, when you work the fair, I forget what it is. If you work over seven days, remember we do seven days. If you work over seven days, you are taxed by the state of Ohio, even though you're a church. And so I'm the new head down in the block, you know, you bump, hello, hello, yes, we got this little booth now, hello, hi, how are you, hello, hello. So I ask questions, not one of them, no, we don't pay them, we pay them. Sometimes it's like, we, we pay them. Uh, uh, where's the leader? How many, aren't they like 12, 13, 14, $1,500? $1,700 worth of taxes. And they never check? No one else. We're going to pay them. Because the law said so. And we're going to walk worthy. We do our very best. The stuff that we show and TVs and all our movies and all that, i got to pay, pay for them. License. $200 to show it. Unless your church is 90 people or 100 people and less, then you don't have to charge $90. I forget what $90 they charge you or something. I can't remember what all it is. I could just sit there and say, yeah, okay, we got 50 people here. Well, it's a lie. So you pay. And when you, even when you think how ridiculous it is that you have to pay to watch a Christian movie, listen, just pay it. Romans 6 forces, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Before that, forget it, I ain't paying nothing. They get way too much money in my taxes and I'm not paying it. Even though I'm saved, I still can say, I still believe they get way too much of my money, but... I'll pay it. Because of newness of life. Newness of life. Seriously, big Super Bowl night, even my teens in it, it doesn't matter anymore. When I come to Christ, it doesn't matter. It really, it doesn't. If God would send me somewhere this night, it's impossible to even DVR it. So be it. It's even silly to use that as a comparison. When you start to understand what God has enabled and has done and has put in us, ludicrous. So Ephesians 5 tells us this, and this is what you must do in all the various corners and alleys and byways that you work in and walk through and play in in this county. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. God will enable you. Even as others said, oh, it's all right, serve Christ and do this. Don't! Even when they do and they continue to do for years and you keep waiting for the judgment and the hammer of God to fall and it doesn't, still don't! Keep walking 
circumspect, which means accurately, diligently, walking accurately according to the Word of God to the best of your ability. And when you get fuzzy on something, ask me, ask Bruce, ask Ed, ask somebody. Walk accurately, circumspectly. Colossians 2.6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. In Him. What did He do when taxes were due? He paid them. He paid them. He didn't go to that bum Caesar. He's going to end up killing me. He paid them. And here's the greatest, one of the greatest scriptures, but one of the ones that we don't fulfill very often. John 15, 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. That's how people will know the difference. All the religions. They'll see how you walk accurately and how you bear fruit and how the blessing of God is on your life even when everything is going horrible in your life. You'll see it. Somebody has to bear fruit in this city. And here's how we can do it. And I'm going to emphasize certain words as I read about a dozen scriptures or ten. This is it. Here we go. Ephesians 4.22 says this, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. God says you put that off and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and truth and holiness. Wherefore, putting away, lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Don't do it, he says. Let him that stole steal no more. These are the things. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let no corrupt, no, no rotten, worthless, not just cussing, nothing worthless, worthless. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grace. Cold definition there for that word. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. That it may kindle them to exercise Christian virtues. That you'll spark something in them. If Bruce is talking to you and you go, now, now the Bible says he's trying to spark something in you to cause a fire for God to start. And you go, that's right. It might kindle something in you. So you can have that Christian, that virtue that God wants the world to see. And it goes on in verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. wonder how many times we grieve the Spirit of God. That word grieve means to offend. Offend. You ever been offended? I mean, it can happen, bam. You're like, did they mean that? Was that a joke? That wasn't very nice. We do that to the Spirit of God. We offend. Also, it means to make sorrowful. When you see someone whom you love, all of a sudden deviate and take a wrong turn, acting in ways and saying things they shouldn't do. Doesn't that grieve your heart? Oh, my God. 
gosh, what are they doing? What the Spirit of God does, what are they doing? God says, I will enable you not to do that. I will enable you. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, no matter what has happened to you, there's no yabbats, there's no little asterisk, if this happened to you, it's okay to be bitter. Let it all. God says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you. Put it away. How cool would it be to have a church like that? Oh, that'd be a little bit of heaven. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Went to Walmart two days ago. And this lady who wasn't real familiar with the cash register made a couple blunders and was just waiting. Really, wasn't a big deal. But this lady was just overboard sweet. Just overboard sweet. To a little bit of our knowledge, probably not saved. Walking on out, went past the manager who came twice to help her. But it turned out that this lady does never work register. She works out in the floor. She does a great job, and she's just bending over backwards, helping apparently going to register. Okay, so we're walking past, and Ruth mentions to the manager, or whoever that supervisor was, and she just wanted you to know that that lady is sweet. She did a great job. And she goes, oh, I know, I know about her. She goes, they are hard to find. Should be a whole bunch of kids from from here. Should be. We should be turning them out. Filled with the Spirit of God, love and compassion and mercy and love and tenderheartedness and kindness and gentleness. They should be banging our door down to hire you. As far as we know, unsaved supervisor talking about an unsaved worker saying, they are hard. We can't accomplish it. And our natural tendencies, it's not there. Some can be a little kinder than most. Some can have a, can go a little bit further, but eventually they run out of it. God says, I will enable you. I will strengthen you to do this in the power of my name, in the Spirit of God. And I think we forget. I think some of us will forget that time we pull out on things. People love God unbelievably. That it should all work out. Whether the husband or the wife die, it should still work out. It should still, people die. But your life in God should not come unraveled. It will somehow, God will continue. If you continue, if you say, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you continue to walk accurately to the Word of God and in the power of His might, trusting Him for His strength, and you walk in by faith, it will work out. You will not be shipwrecked, drowning somewhere. God calls you to do things that you cannot do, get along with people that you despise and hate. It will work out. Living in situations that are absolutely dead, Lord, by now, He stinketh. It will work out. It's impossible not to. In God. Unless one of you, if not both of you, say, no, I'm not doing it. 
it's true. The problems that we have and you have and I have is because somewhere we're stubborn or something. And we're not letting God do it. He has enabled us to do it. We're refusing to tell him God, beat it. Baby, we can't accomplish this because it's built in. And I'm not talking about just getting over uh, unexpectedly high hating people. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the horrible things that happen in life. The situations, the unbelievable tsunamis that come through your families. The news you hear on some given day of a phone call. Husband and wife. Children. The whole thing. God says, I will enable you to do it in Christ. That's the Mike's going to put a few little songs on, dim the lights a little bit. Now look, this is not to take up more time. It's to give you opportunity, now that you've sat there gracious and kind to sit there for a while, to walk up, kneel down, stand, whatever you want to do, and say, this is what I need. This is what you showed me. Lord, this is what I want to give you. God, can you remove this? This is your time. Let's come to the altar. Give God some sweet time.